Hi, and welcome to the Metaphysical Anatomy channel, where I talk about psychosomatic patterns and root causes behind psychological disorders and also ailments. And today's topic is obsessive compulsive disorder, also known as OCD. So during this video, I invite you to take from it what you feel that resonates with you. And also keep a mental note that during the video, when I refer to certain emotional stress factors, it can seem to be a generalization. However, I actually mentioned points that are points where a person has reached their emotional threshold and also their ability to psychologically and emotionally suppress it until the emotional stress has now come to the surface as a psychological disorder, also now in this specific case for today's topic, creating a Im chemical imbalance in the brain. Now, this condition could also be a result of a strong predisposition that has been activated in the biology due to extreme or long-term stress. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about the psychosomatic patterns and also possible causes behind OCD. As you might be wondering why some people are challenged by this, yet others who had the exact same emotional challenges, for example, did not develop OCD. So now an explanation and an observation that I have found so far is the same for most elements and psychological challenges that surface in a person's life. And that is that a person has reached a threshold for enduring certain types of emotional and environmental stress, which made the person overly sensitive. Now, in my teaching classes, this is also known as having a low threshold to any certain types of stress and environmental factors. Now, a person with a high threshold for certain types of environmental stress will most likely have little to no biological reaction to the stress that take place in their life and during certain events that, for example, might have been perceived as traumatic by you. Now, it all depends on a person's predisposed threshold and how well a person can process stressful circumstances in their present life based on their biological resources and emotional and physical resources. Now, let's move on to a more detailed explanation of OCD and its symptoms. So when your brain has a balanced chemical reaction to thoughts and processing information, you can easily recognize intrusive or disturbing thoughts. Now, when this happens, you might have a puzzled or like a negative reaction. However, you reject the thought or actually dismiss it. Now, after that initial thought, you do not recognize it because you recognize it as unwanted and perhaps bizarre and out of context from what you feel and experience in your environment. Now, in the case of OCD, if you're challenged by this, then you might also get these disturbing thoughts causing you to feel negative. However, instead of actually being able to dismiss it, the thought becomes stuck like a broken record and your awareness is brought to the thought, wondering why it's there in the first place and thinking how you should react to it. Now, if you can't find a rational solution as how to react to the thought, that is when the anxiety starts to set in as you feel unable at the time to find a healthy emotional resource or discernment that it's just a negative thought. Now, instead of dismissing it, you become anxious as to how to make the thought go away. So when no solution is found, you start to act out in ways such as rituals and taking actions that would ease the stress that is triggered by the negative thought. Now, once this action has been taken and it lessens the stress associated with the thought, you have made a positive association with an action as it relieved you from the negative thought or thought patterns. And then the action or the ritual becomes exactly that, a ritual with the reward of temporary relief from a stress that was activated by the negative thought. Now let's look a little bit deeper into the psychosomatic patterns. 
Now with this condition, your rituals or coping mechanisms can leave you feeling with the sense of relief. And it also creates an unconscious reward and relief from the negative thought and patterns and emotions temporarily. And then when you're stressed again and the thought returns, so that's when you go back to the old coping mechanisms and the rituals because of the association that has been formed in your mind. Now you tend to gravitate to whatever will ease the urgency and the need, also the need to do multiple things in order to find an escape or it could also be limited to for example just one or two actions. Now the more emotionally and physically depleted you feel psychologically and energetically, the less tasks you might revert to with the intention to preserve just enough energy to continue acting out the next habit or the compulsive need. Now, and this is normally the case for a person who suffers from severe OCD, as their rituals and obsessive thoughts and pattern has taken a tremendously big toll on their physical body. As the adrenals have almost been depleted by the stress hormones, as the body continues to stay in a state of distress, which is a direct result of the obsessive thoughts that continue to surface. Now, the debilitating part of this condition is that the more you focus on trying to not act out on the actual pattern and the ritual, the stronger the urge becomes to take action and it's, and more, and it's more fueled, which could ultimately only create a new negative action and coping mechanism if the old ritual is not acted out on. So you, have, you may have found now comfort in knowing that a sense of emotional reward, a sense of familiarity, and being able to successfully to complete a task will follow once you've completed the ritual. It also lessens the fears that you feel faced by. For example, if you have a fear of contamination and you ritually wash your hands, or when you have a fear of weight gain and you strictly control your food intake to avoid the weight gain. Now there's an underlying trauma that the body perceives as still being real. And your body tends to be in conflict with the fighting and the running away instinct. And the body doesn't know which instinct to react to, which in turn, causes a state of dissociation and feeling a sense of loss and control. Then action needs to be taken to establish a sense of control again. So now the body is able to act out on the conflicting instinctive responses in one way or another. And this only brings temporary relief as the root trauma and the cause of the instinctive responses being active and remaining activated has not been resolved. Now the body continues to stay in a state of distress and reverts to coping mechanisms that can give it a conscious or an unconscious temporary relief from the stress that was and probably ultimately still is present. Now fear based on advice also from a parent or guardian that tend to worry, worry a little bit too much as we call them the warriors was given to you. However, you may have ignored this advice and as a result, consequences followed because you didn't listen to the advice and the fact that you made a mistake was repeatedly brought up as a reminder of what will happen if you don't follow the rules. So now the fear was projected onto you and it becomes your reality. Now this could also create the illusion of a voice that now remains in the back of your mind that it is wrong to do this, it is bad to do that, or it's dangerous to do this. So these voices can start to loop in the back of your mind as you start to obsess about the mistakes that you actually made and you're trying to avoid making the same mistake again at all costs. And when this pattern is repeated enough, you start to become feeling stuck in a morally right or wrong reality that has no end in sight. And before you know it, the voices that surface warning you of potential danger or action that could, for example, lead up to punishment if you don't obey the voices becomes your dictator. And you may feel that this invisible force has infiltrated your life and you are living your life and making decisions based on how this unseen force, for example, is going to punish you 
if you make a mistake. Also, in this case, you made a negative association with a traumatic event and the emotions or the physical feelings that you experienced at the time of the traumatic event were locked into place. Now, this could also have resulted in too many cellular memory expressions being released and not processed orderly by the neural pathways and the amygdala, which is also known as the panic button. Now, every time, whether it's conscious or unconscious, you experience the same emotions or physical pain or see similar environmental factors that wherein the trauma actually took place. It triggers the unconscious mind and the stress that you felt in the past during that traumatic event. And it fuels and brings up the fear of reliving it again. Because the body panics as it has trouble differentiating between the past experiences and then your current emotional experiences. Now, there are objects and places, sounds or people that might have been present at the time when you did have that during that traumatic event. And that serves as a negative reminder now and also a trigger that digs up the unpleasant time that when you are faced with these reminders. Now, it challenges your confidence and your ability to feel and remain in control of your environment. And the consequence is insecurity and self-doubt as to whether you are capable enough to remain in control of your environment because of the body not recognizing the difference, whether you're experiencing something from the past or something that's taking place in the moment. And the mind and the brain does not filter and process the information that's being brought in correctly. Now, as a result, also old coping mechanisms that, for example, failed you, which also made you believe that what you were taught as a child failed to serve you during challenging times. And as a result, you created your own routine and rituals that made you feel safe. And now you revert back to these coping mechanisms that made you feel safe or in control again. So when a familiar stressful event takes place or a new traumatic event, the need to act out on your rituals is triggered again because there is a deep, deep underlying fear, a fear of being punished. And you also have a great deal of nervous energy built up that needs an outlet. And through the rituals, it can be released, whether it's energetically released or psychologically. It's only a temporary relief but at this point in time, the body is happy with just having a relief. Now, intense sadness and depression also tends to follow after a trigger has taken place and the rituals are acted out on. Now, there's a part of you that is so controlled by the urge to act out that it has completely distorted your sense of self. And as well, most importantly of all, your relationship with yourself as you emotionally and often even psychologically have estranged yourself from loved ones. Now, this condition has also left you feeling isolated and unable to relate to people who care about you as your obsessive behavior has completely taken away your focus and your energy. Now, your obsessive behavior has also greatly challenged your rectacular activating system or also known as the RAS filters. Now, this is a system in the brain that takes information in from your present environment and filters it with the unconscious mind, comparing memories and thought processes. Now, if you are living in fear, then the RAS becomes, a, becomes set on only looking for danger, which causes you to filter out a big part of your reality that, for example, is safe. Now, this means that it's causing you to look out for the very thing that you're avoiding. Now, there's also a very deep, unresolved, underlying feeling that you feel that you did something bad or you feel that you caused someone to take an action towards you that made you feel responsible for it. Now, you're trying to avoid feelings of guilt and shame that were projected onto you and you are escaping through obsessive patterns and actions. And you're also acting out in ways to avoid feeling what had happened to you or you could also be overcorrecting a behavior that could prevent 
the old memory or an old experience from reappearing again. Now, in many cases, this does not even necessarily have to relate to something that actually happened in your life. You could be acting out on a cellular memory of a recent ancestor's fear or even a parent. Now, this goes back to research that has actually been done, explaining that we can act out memories that are stored in our DNA lineage. Now, this can give you the feeling that a memory from the past before your time is still real and you're acting out in ways to deal with the effect of what it's having on your psychological system. And even though it might not even necessarily be your memory, the mere fact that you can feel it and react to it is enough in order for you to perceive it as being your own unique experience. Now you're also feeling out of control in your life and your circumstances, which is causing you to feel that you do not have the psychological and the emotional resources to regain a sense of control again, as outside influences such, for example, as people and circumstances are hindering your progress to move forward in life. And there's a part of you that becomes so fixated on these people holding you back that this has now become your new challenge to fight against. And you're also having a negative coping association with feeling out of control. Now, let me explain. When you felt out of control in your life, your need for control and safety was met by feeling even more out of control. And where this experience is repeated enough, a strong association is formed. So now you see, needing to feel safe equals feeling out of control. Now the unconscious mind reverts back to this association when it feels distressed and out of control, which means that the unconscious mind filters through from circumstances that will make you actually feel out of control, whereas under normal circumstances and calm circumstances, you may never even have noticed certain situations that would be perceived as possibly being out of control. And now at this point in time, life has become a punishment and you are suppressing anger that stems from feeling the injustice of your emotions and the thought and also from that other people get to have the emotional and psychological freedom and you don't. You might also be feeling helpless towards an outside influence that you felt had control over you. And in some cases, it actually could even be religion. It could be a rigid way of thinking, belief system, family values, an influential fig figure, for example, a teacher, a parent, a guardian, and even a sibling. Now, there's a part of you that want people to reach out to you with support and to have someone give you an escape from the inner turmoil that you're in. However, you have a negative association with asking for support and would rather silently struggle and see your challenges through on your own, regardless of the emotional and the physical price that you're paying for this. And this condition is also showing people the pain that you're in without having to express yourself verbally. And you may also not have felt comfortable enough to express the problems that you had. And your family dynamic, for example, could even have been extremely conservative and very rigid and non-expressive. So if you showed any signs of someone that does not fit into the rigid way of life and thinking, you would be seen as an embarrassment and you would become an outcast. So secretly finding relief through rituals is safe as there are no human concepts and judgments that come with that. Now, there also could have been an event that had a morally high wrong or right way of acting that was forced onto you and you made a mistake during this time, leaving you feeling shame, guilt and humiliation to the core of your essence. And this event took place at a time when you were so emotionally strung out and you've reached your emotional threshold for coping and dealing with stressful circumstances in your life. Now, there's a great shame associated with an event that took place and you, that you were taught that where you had to be and act in a certain way according to certain standards. And you feel that you failed those standards 
and didn't reach the expectations that was that was projected onto you and now there's a great fear of reliving this event and this experience now experiencing your emotions also doesn't come easily and the more you suppress your emotions the greater the need becomes to act out on the rituals to emotionally and psychologically relieve you from the inner conflict that you're in so now as i said earlier you associated a certain emotional stress with humiliation or trauma and every time when you feel the emotional building up to the surface you take action to avoid reliving the emotional memories and the psychological ripple effects and also perhaps do not recreate the same situation again. So now you take comfort in repeating rituals and it has proven in one way or another to avoid old emotional stress and traumatic memories from surfacing again or repeating themselves. So now you tend to isolate yourself as putting up a facade indicating that your internal world is okay has become too draining. And one of your greatest fears is being noticed and someone seeing the great length that you take to complete your rituals and you are now mechanically controlling your emotions, making decisions based on consequences rather than from a place of passion, curiosity and excitement. Now let's move on to possible cellular memory triggers. As a result of trauma transfer, a cellular memory that has been activated, you may be expressing unresolved fears of someone that you were or are emotionally close to. And you also could have copied fears of an influential person that you are connected to. Now, this doesn't mean that the person has to be genetically related to you. It could be someone that you were emotionally close to or physically close with. And I would call this trauma transfer in my teaching classes. Now, in short, there is a part of you that consciously or unconsciously observed how this person processed and dealt with stress. And you may have also copied what they valued as a fear or a concern which is unconsciously in conflict with how you perceive your reality and emotions. Yet the trauma transfer was so strong that there is an impulsive need now to act out on certain behaviors and fears that stem from a negative thought pattern that doesn't even belong to you. Now trauma transfer is very common for people who were abused. Now this is just an observation. It is not limited to these incidents in any way. These have just been the most dominant aspects that have shown up in my research. Now, people who are also challenged with OCD tend to have a very strong military ancestral background where following rules would avoid punishment and increase survival. So making a mistake could have been a life or death situation. And this condition could also relate to many cellular expressions being released and not properly processed by neurotransmitters. Now, the emotional state of your mother while she was pregnant with you also has to be taken into consideration. There's a very high chance that she was feeling overly responsible for tasks and she also maybe perhaps didn't necessarily have all the right resources and access to support to help her cope with her circumstances. Now, she may also have felt like a failure and as if though time is running out for her to correct past mistakes, which was or even is still burdening her. Now, this pattern can also be expressed through you as a feeling of urgency. The time is running out. And this might also roll over into behavioral pattern where you, do, where you do have the sense of urgency that there's not enough time, that there will be consequences if you don't complete a task successfully or on time. And this can lead to a pattern of actually procrastination as the fear of not being able to complete a task successfully or on time has become too great and you revert to a freeze instinctive response by not acting by not taking action at all 
So this limits the possibility of failure and the perceived consequences that could have taken place. Now this can also be related to a past history in your DNA lineage of doing something wrong or making a mistake that has traumatic consequences. Now an ancestor could have endured a tremendous amount of stress to correct the mistake or consequences that followed their error in judgment and are now punishing themselves through restrictive behavior. And their rituals are a way of self-punishment to avoid any further consequences from taking place. Now, slavery on a cellular memory level holds a strong pattern for being punished, almost to the extent where a person feels that they deserve to be punished. And the anticipation for waiting for a punishment is so great that they end up actually punishing themselves through destructive behavior to relieve them from the fear of anticipation. Now, in this case, the punishment was felt so severely that it left an emotional cellular memory or scar. Now, here's a case study that I would like to share with you. I had a client who was washing their hands constantly and showering, fearing germs, and this was traced back to the mother being sexually abused as a child and her deep, unresolved disgust and shame that was carried over. Now, the mother projected shame and guilt over her body being dirty and the client feeling impure and dirty. Now, the mother projected a lot of religious guilt onto the client, saying that you will be relentlessly punished if you don't obey God's rules, as the mother actually felt that she was being punished by God through the sexual abuse when she disobeyed the Bible teachings. Now, the mother felt that if she was more obedient toward the Bible teachings, then God would never have allowed this to happen to her. And if she continued to shower and purify herself, God won't let this happen again. Now, even though this is more about the client's mother, the point that I'm trying to make here is that the genetic memory of her stress was so strong and was enough to be triggered in the client when she was made to feel shameful of her body and being feeling dirty as a woman. Now, experts continue to do research with OCD and it's beginning to show that people with OCD also have brain abnormalities in the basal ganglia region. Now, where this is, this is, for example, where formation of habits come from. So high levels of serotonin are also found in people with OCD. And from a metaphysical anatomy perspective, this shows the repetitiveness of coping mechanisms. When an action or ritual is soothing, there's a strong resistance to change. Now, a study also presented at the 2009 annual meeting of the Royal College of Psychiatrics in England also showed a correlation between OCD and eating disorders. The results that they found was that one in five people with OCD also had signs of clinically significant eating disorders. Now, this also shows a large number of people who struggle with both these issues. And the correlation between OCD and an eating disorder is so strong that there seems to be now a distinct percentage of people with OCD who also have a close relative with anorexia. So it has been recommended that anorexia be considered as an obsessive compulsive spectrum of the side of disorders. Now, having said that, there are also differences. Now, although there are similarities in genetic risk and behavioral symptoms of both conditions, OCD is often more external than anorexia. That is to say, for example, now that OCD often manifests as foreign thoughts outside of a person, whereas anorexic patients are, have actually difficulty with their thoughts and actions. So anorexia might be seen as a version of OCD that revolves around the weight gain. And the fear around the weight gain is not as uncomfortable of a compulsion for the person with a condition with this from a psychosomatic perspective. 
So for example, someone with OCD is challenged by the external world and how they feel towards it, whereas someone with anorexia is challenged by the inner world and the inner turmoil and trying to deal from it from that perspective. And just a quick final point that I would like to share with you here is when you feel anxiety or the urge to do something, instead of focusing on what you're trying to accomplish, feel where in your body the anxiety is being held. And then ask yourself, whose voice or face do you see when you feel the fear or anxiety and take note of it. Another powerful question that you can ask yourself is what would you feel or have to deal with in your life if you didn't have an action or a thought to distract you from? Then the question should also be asked again, what else would you have to deal with once you've answered the first question the first time? So once you have these answers, I do invite you to go to the Emotional Healing Guided session that is also on my YouTube channel. So, Thank you so much for joining me and my research continues to grow so do stay tuned on my channel I will be sharing many more other ailments and disorder, psychological disorders with the psychosomatic patterns behind it so thank you for joining me today and continue to be the light that you are